It's just a prank, bro. This is the Lodge Spoilers. <laughs> what a day, what a day. This is Spoilers. What a day, what a day to be a kid in the woods. Hey everybody, my name is Pappy, uh, co-host tonight of The Lodge Spoilers. Uh, with me we have everyone's favorite host, Stevie. I don't know about favorite, but I do enjoy being on here. Stevie, why are we doing this tonight? Uh, this is pretty out of the blue, but I like it. It's out of the blue. Um, you and I are typically the A24 guys. Even though this isn't an A24 movie, it had a feeling to it. So I watched it over the weekend because, well... The world is just going to hell, right? And uh, I thought, you know, let's watch a scary movie. And I thought, I thought you'd enjoy watching this, so let's pot on it. How do you feel about the term "new wave horror"? It's a very film twittery term. I hate film Twitter, but I feel like it kind of describes a lot of the podcasts that we've done. From like, it comes at night, which we didn't like, to Get Out, to Us, uh, Midsommar, Midsommar. Uh, what else have we done? It comes at night raw i don't think we've done hereditary have we not yet future spoilers pick but like yeah well how do you feel about that term in general like do you acknowledge his existence i so it's kind of comes along with people it's also a a film twitter people kind of say smart horror do you ever see that like good horror you know what i mean it's which is really condescending to things like child's play which we loved which isn't smart horror yeah i love child's but it's pretty much saying eliminate jump scares and you're gonna it's pretty much describing dread which is what a lot of new horror does and does it really effectively but i don't like that term new wave horror smart horror or good horror that kind of throws me horror's horror well like i I did a lot of thinking about this today and i think that the trait that defines what new horror smart horror new wave horror uh, the most is in all of the movies that we've mentioned, it's taking an aspect of like everyday life, angst or anxiety, and then like blowing it up to 10,000. You know what I mean? Like hereditary <laughs> is like the whole like step kid thing. Get out is like the subtle racism of white people. It comes at night is probably the best example, like sex guilt. You know what I mean? It's like personifying yeah, an aspect of like our modern culture and horror uh horror dressing yeah i'd agree with that because i mean really what this movie screamed to me was and it's very traumatic obviously is i guess you could say broken household broken household learning how parent yeah learning how to adapt to other stepchildren or step parent um and also just being a really bad parent if you're a father well let's get into it because the father is none other than uh What's his? Oh, what is his name on uh, that show that we like? Uh, Simon Belmont, Trevor Belmont himself. Wait, uh, what? Richard Armitage is the dad who plays Trevor Belmont. Why am I blown right now? I know. Yeah. So let's let's set this up for the audience. We have we have a dad, a friend of spoilers, Richard Belmont. We have uh, Jaden Martell, who's actually in the Four Movie Club. Somehow he's got two it's and it comes at or not it comes at night uh, midnight special under his belt my favorite you didn't like him as much in this movie let's talk about that in a second there's a daughter but stevie what's like the dynamic of this family what's the recipe for drama here so the recipe for drama really is you obviously have a mom and her two kids 
And her and her the husband, mom is Alicia Silverstone, who's the most probably famous strange. actress person in this movie. Yeah, it's I don't I mean, was she a producer on this? It's like the whole psycho thing. And like, we'll, we'll get into this more. Um, kind of what I always remember the lodge for is how much it borrows from other horror movies, um, <laughs> particularly like in the opening. But it's like the whole psycho thing where you have the most famous actress uh she's in it you think she's gonna be this big part she's like raising these kids she finds out that uh trevor beaumont's giving her a divorce and she shoots herself in the face which at this point were you on board we'd already seen the dollhouse so like my mind was already going hereditary and you primed me there but like what what, what were you thinking kind of at this part so i hereditary as you know i'm sure i've said it before on this podcast is one of my probably my favorite horror movie of all time uh, especially when you start with the movie coming out of a dollhouse and how fantastic it transitions in Hereditary. And I felt like it was not necessary in this movie as far as like the dollhouse goes. Because you know, they, they show it a lot. Uh, they do some decent transitions in it, but I just I wasn't a fan of the dollhouse in this movie at all. Were you? So I was trying to even think. This movie came out... It was supposed to come out in 2019. I think it like went broad in the United States, like meaning you were like able to stream it or whatever in 2020. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'm trying to think. Hereditary was 2017, right? 18, I think. 2018. Yep. Like I, I it, it's too on the nose to not be a direct homage, but I don't even know if it works out from a timing perspective. Like, so the directors Sven Fila and Veronica Franz. Mm-hmm. They are a aunt nephew directing duo, which I thought is kind of interesting. But like, I don't know. Do you think it was like a direct homage? Because there's there's clearly other ones in the movie, like The Thing and uh, The Shining, other shots. But like, this felt like the dollhouse thing is like really troublesome <laughs> to me. It was troublesome to me because I mean, like you said, it's too close. It's too close, and it's too soon, and it's too similar of a movie to be doing that kind of thing. I mean, if I guess if you wanted to reference it, that's okay with me. Um, like maybe have a dollhouse somewhere in the corner or just do a quick snapshot or do just one transition as kind of like, Hey, it's kind of a nod to hereditary because we loved it so much. That's mm-hmm. cool. But how often they went to this well was really puzzling to me. Uh, I'm sure there's been other movies that do the dollhouse before hereditary, but I think hereditary just perfected it. But mm-hmm. I just, it kind of took me out of it from the beginning where it's like, all right, this is kind of just hereditary light. Well, another thing too, Ari Aster is like such a good creator of like imagery and scenes that are iconic. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like there are like things from Midsommar that I'll remember for the rest of my life. And, and to, to some extent to things from heredity that I'll remember. I don't, I saw people saying like the, the cinematography and this was great. I thought it was just very average. You know what I mean? Like there's no shots except for maybe the lodge and like later we'll get to it. But like there was nothing in my mind visually that really, really stood out. But let's, let's get into the plot. Cause I want, I want to talk about these kids a little bit. So mom's dead. We have the two child actress, Mia, who's played by an actress named Leah and Aiden, who's played by an actor named Jaden. We talked about him a little bit. <laughs> so Leah, the actress, I thought she fucking killed it. In Nailed it. I thought it was like one of the better, child performances i've seen in a long time and it's kind of sad because i thought Jaden. this is like one of the first things i've ever seen in my i didn't think he was good i didn't think he was good i also didn't think 
what I mean, it's one thing to be a bad actor. He's not a bad actor by any means. He's actually a very good actor. But I think the writing really failed him in this movie and dialogue in certain places. He's supposed to be kind of apathetic, and I and I kind of feel like that that probably isn't like. I mean, it's tough because you have that little girl who's like crying at the death of her mother, or like you know crying at the death of a dog, and is allowed to be more expressive. He has to be kind of like apathetic teen guy, which is just kind of a bummer if you're not going to ask him to do anything to have an actor of his caliber in that role. Yeah, it. <laughs> I mean, it's not funny, but did you see the suicide coming from the mom? Um, I feel like I should have, but it scared the bejesus out of me. I'm not going to lie. I jumped. I jumped big. So, like, when they were going through the house, and the house is pristinely clean. Like, pristine, everything's organized. I mean, it just looks impeccable. I looked at my wife, and I said, oh, no. And this is, like, right when they're kind of doing this tracking shot of the pictures on the wall going into the dining room. She's like, what? And I was like, she's going to kill herself. And she's like, how'd you know? And I said, because the house is clean. Like, mm-hmm. no one kills himself with a messy house on most cases. Like, in movies. Like, if in most movies, if you're going to kill yourself, typically the house is clean. Pours yourself a big glass of wine, has the radio on. Also, like, the father is kind of a villain in this movie when you think about it. Because he's, like, probably, what is it? He's an investigative author, correct? Okay, yeah. So the father... I, he's some sort of sort of like psychologist, cult specialist, investigative author, and I, I think that we're led to believe, and I and I can't, I don't think there's any kind of like specific evidence I can point to in the text other than kind of like a feeling, but I get the feeling that the way that the relationship that ultimately broke up his marriage, uh, him with uh, Grace, who's played by Elvis Presley's granddaughter, by the way, I don't know if you knew that. Riley uh, Keough her is uh, her grand his granddaughter. Yeah, which is really crazy. But That's insane. Don't you get the kind of feeling that the relationship between them, like the timing is kind of sketchy or like the circumstances are kind of sketchy? Like it doesn't feel like it feels kind of yucky. You know what I mean? Like he's a cult specialist and she was the sole survivor of a suicide. Uh, Heaven's Gate, Matt Marshall, Applewhite type. Nike shoe cult. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really icky because, I mean, I don't find this part of this i mean this is okay so what are the director's uh names again um uh, veronica franz and severin or yeah, severin severin and veronica Fiala. yeah um i don't feel like this was very organic and this is also their first american movie they've ever made sure okay um so i can forgive a few things with that uh, european film is far different than ours it's not organic it's not very realistic either because He's an investigative author or psychologist, tracks down the one sole survivor of the Nike shoe cult and interviews her and ends up having an affair with her. I feel like all of his credibility is out the window. And she's 12 when the cult commits suicide. So like, how old do you think she's supposed to be in this movie? I said 21, 20. I would say probably, I would say between 21 and 25. Yeah. That makes that so like eight years ago, their marriage probably fell apart for like three, four years. Like probably about when their daughter Mia was being born, mm-hmm. maybe all when it also was happening. But I don't, I don't know. What did you think about her performance in the film? Um, I, I thought she was really good. Um, she's got to like sort of stride this line of like psychosis as well. And like I, 
I will say this though, like when she was introduced and we started to like humanize her a little bit, because like you don't see her at all for like the first twenty minutes of the movie. Yeah. You see shadows of her. You see her kind of like leaving, like in the distance, like the, the back of her head. Like as soon as we got to know her, I, I turned to Tanya and I said, uh, "The kids are going to be the bad guys for sure." <laughs> like, <laughs> like a hundred percent. Like it's just too early in the movie. It's just too much of like a misdirect. I, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I loved her performance personally. Uh, the one cool thing about this movie is, I mean, it's just Riley Keough and the two kids in the house. Is you. I love footing in movies. Who has the higher ground? Who has the lower ground? Who's on uneven footing? And the way this movie plays out is you never know who is on uneven footing or even footing. You know what I mean? Right. It's very up in the air of what's actually going on. I mean, you called it from a mile away, but I did think this movie did a good job and really Keo did a great job of actually not making her just a mistress trying to deal with these two kids, but actually making her human. So super duper quick, if you haven't seen The Lodge, what happens is the, this new kind of broken family goes up to The Lodge. The dad has to leave, which, again, there's so many, like, there's so many, like, little cinema sense things in this movie that bother me. Like, why is an author having to work not in his house right before Christmas? Do you know what I mean? That makes absolutely no fucking also, sense. Also, like, why would you leave her with – why would you leave your kids with somebody who's heavily medicated – also, he used to be in the Nike shoe cult and was a sole survivor of the Nike shoe cult. And also, why would you leave the freaking house and you say, here's how the gun works, and she goes full John Wayne and hits six for six in the same spot? Yeah, at that, that's again, I was like, you, no, you, so then you take the gun from her and you're like, you've been like dishonest. That's why me. I'm saying this. a lot of this movie isn't very organic. How does he, like the power dynamic makes no sense. Like he would know she's on medication because that's just the way that that relationship would work. You know what I mean? Like he would be like, did you take your pill? And she should be like, yeah, I took it. You know what I mean? That's how that relation, that, that's how that dynamic would like actually be. It makes no sense that like, why would she be hiding it? at this point in the relationship from him that it doesn't make any sense yeah they've been together far too long especially like when he's considering marriage uh i mean that's in the very beginning he brings up marriage but i think i think as far as like organic storylines uh, i don't think the creators much cared for fleshing that out you know what i mean no, not at all. And another little cinema sense thing that bothered me is like when the kids are like watching the video of the Heaven's Gate like cult stuff and they and they see like the the story of her. It's edited with like like little like like fuzzies like in between it like a horror movie and like why on earth would an academic person have like Isn't a horror great? movie a horror movie cut of this like, it makes absolutely no sense but but it's okay. Like you like you said the dad leaves now it's elite. It's uh, Grace, the stepmom, quote unquote, with the kids, and and probably the most interesting dynamic of the movie, which will, which I hope we where we spend the most time is they're not getting along clearly. There's a couple of, like days of or a day or something of this of, of them not getting along. They're watching the thing at night, and <laughs> Jaden Martell, our favorite spoilers kid, brings her a drink, and he's got. The look of an eye of like a frat boy <laughs> giving someone a drink, you know what I mean? Just like so insidious. Like you can't even like why is she drinking this? And then he takes the gas heater and turns it up all the way. And so it's like casting doubt in her mind, like potentially a little bit of on the nose, because she wakes up like like 
like she blacked out, like doesn't know where she's been. Also, while having horrific dreams. Having horrific dreams. There's a whole little women ice sequence, which like, isn't really that important. But she wakes up, and basically the crux of the movie are these two kids are gaslighting her into thinking that she's in like purgatory. Um, and I don't know, like you as an audience member, like I said, we've personified, we've spent a lot of time with Grace, we've spent a lot of time with the kids. Which way were you leaning once we got into this part of the movie? So. As far as who, what did I think was happening? I was I, I was staying true to my prediction because I made it so early. But the, I'm not gonna lie. The, at, at times, because there's so much like Catholicism and stuff at play, oh, I thought they might time. actually they might actually be in purgatory. Yeah. Um, so I was the way my mind works is what, one thing I love about movies is when you can go well, it has to be a. But it's not A, it's actually B. And then you can go, well, it's not B, it's actually C. And C makes so much sense when it clicks that your brain is just blown. I love when movies do that. And the fact that it was A all along was a big-time letdown in my brain. Um, I was hoping, my biggest hope in the world was that someone or something from the cult maybe survived and was slowly coming in on that lodge you know what i mean yeah like that was kind of my hope i felt really let down that it was the kids all along how'd you feel about it i was hoping it'd be purgatory because like there's this whole thing when the mom kills herself that the daughter is like hysterical and like can't be consoled by the dad she's like you don't understand she can't go to heaven now. yeah like and so honestly i thought like what would have been cool is like if the kids did kill her to get one, get back to their dad, and two, so they could be in purgatory with their mom or something like that. I thought that would have been cool, but like, I don't know. I, that would have been a fantastic way to take it. It's not that I was like let down necessarily by it. It's just that like, it felt like the movie didn't get there honestly, right? Like, like if if, if we're gonna like have this kind of like mystery, and, and I think this is more of like a mystery, you know, supposed to be supposed to be smart horror, new horror, quote unquote, good horror. The movie's breadcrumbs, I feel like, are a little bit all over the place. Like how how did they get the newspaper obituaries? Dude, like, how is that even possible? Drove me nuts about that too. Um, also, how did he hang himself? What is that? Yeah, I. I <laughs> it's also this kind of makes me want to watch the movie again to yeah. see if there was a back brace lying around that had a hook to it that we just <laughs> didn't see um, <sighs> that he could have hung himself like that. It's just cheap because like you could write off everything that she's a schizophrenic or, or suffers from hallucinations or like severe right, delusions. But it's like, that's just so cheap. You know what I mean? Cause then you can just like, then everything in the movie just makes logical sense because the the film is saying nothing is supernatural here. You know what I mean? Everything's just straight up could happen in real life theoretically. And it's just like, it's just cheating to have a kid, like a scene where I see the kid hanging. You know what I mean? And there's nothing to like tip me off. That's a dream. I don't know. That scene kind of pissed me off when he's hanging going, we're in purgatory. You know, you're already dead. Yeah. Like I didn't like that scene at all. Once you do that, I'm like, yeah, we are in purgatory. Okay, let's see where we go from here. What right, more can you let tell it me? Fold after we're already in purgatory, you know? Yeah, don't undo it. Yeah, like, and ugh. especially 
Maybe there's more breadcrumbs I'm missing, especially the fact that those two kids made 150 snow angels, which, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it's a cool shot. It looks great, but from a sense of, like, I don't know. I think it could have serviced the movie a little bit better if there had been a little bit more payoff. Because there's one thing this movie struggles from is this movie never falls on itself, ever. Yeah. It never falls on itself. You know, I'm a big fan of, you know, if this happens, sooner sooner or later, this is going to happen. So what really bothered me is if you're going to show the gun and not just show her with the gun in hand, but also Ugh. have her be a, a John Wayne six shot, you know, Billy the Kid shot, come back to that. If you're going to show hey, watch out for that, you know, fishing hole. You know, you almost drowned and you fell through, you know, and she'll say, oh, I'm going to come back and fix that later. Come back to this. Fall back on yourself at do some something point. Do something yeah. with it. Don't just do, and then this happens, and then this happens. Do something with the upstairs attic room. Make that significant in some way. And that's what's so disappointing and, like, why I'm so hard on, like, the hereditary dollhouse thing, which might seem like a small detail, but it's just, like, there's no point to it in the story other than to like have a cool thing you know what i mean like it, it even like almost kind of falls back on itself because like this whole time the daughter's been like secretly calling the dad so i guess that kind of makes sense that like she's been checking in with him right but he like in the dollhouse like sees the kids set up in the configuration that like they're gonna trick her with unless that's just like a schematic of like what they were planning to do it just has nothing to the story. You know what I mean? It's like, why go through this whole dollhouse thing to start your film with and not have any payoff? Zero. I mean, it. if the payoff is to... When it's so close to hereditary. Yeah, it's have so the dad close. go, like, my God, this is happening. Like, would you know your kids that well to be like, yeah, they might murder my, my new girlfriend? You would think. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to be a dad here in the next year, within, within the year. Um... Yeah. Spoilers yeah, yeah. announcement. Spoilers announcement. Big news. But my whole thing is like, I wouldn't look at, I don't think I'd look at my daughter's dollhouse and go, oh, she's planning to murder somebody because her dolls are configured like this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it just, it didn't land whatsoever. There's not a whole lot of payoff in this movie. And you know what another thing that bothers me as far as like aligning of themes and like tone, like, the ma, if the mom is like really this super strict, super Catholic, like careful person, she would not kill herself. You know what I mean? Because the oh. whole existential dread of like purgatory and hell, like it should be the opposite. It should be the dad was like barely having any sex, like has an affair out of like desperation. The mom gets pissed, he kills himself, and now the kids are living with their mom who they don't like. Like that makes way more way sense. Like more sense tonally and like that's which is disappointing too because like that shit freaks me out like the, the idea of like being like stuck in purgatory or like like this goes back to like being really catholic like dying with like a cardinal sin on your soul like just dying at an inconvenient time it's just like so terrifying to me like i feel like this movie could have like really freaked me I'm out with you pat the, the purgatory angle is fantastic i mean it's so good even to bring back the mother say there's a shot at the end where it's the two kids the mom and the stepmom and they're in purgatory. Like, that's a fantastic way to end that movie, I think. I think, I mean, I didn't mind the ending that we got. What I do mind is how we got there. 
let's talk about the ending that we did get real quick for the audience. Do you want to take us through what, what shakes down at the end? It, it ends very abruptly. It ends abruptly, and I'm gonna, I'm not going to lie. This part was a little eerie. Uh, it gets quite scary in the last 40 minutes of this movie because Grace is losing her mind. Uh, and Jaden Martell, who we love as an actor, uh, he's starting to pick up on we may have gone too far. Like right. when she's having the day walking dreams of like carrying a gun in the house. Uh, and also, um, after the dog dies, like, and she's also saying these things, like she's starting to believe that they're in purgatory and Jaden's like, you know, Hey, we got to go get her stuff and bring it up because something is terribly amiss. And that's when the dad arrives. And like, we we pause there real quick. Like, so like the reveal, I I go back to like the film should have like fell on itself. You know what I mean? If you're going to have a reveal, that big like i'm not saying do a fucking montage of clues that you laid around the way with some like big dramatic score underneath it to be like oh putting together the clues for the audience arrival it man do an arrival but there should you should feel cathartic you know what i mean you should feel like oh that does make sense because of x y and z like it almost is like confusing in the way that it's revealed you know what i mean like it's not like this big moment it's just like they're kind of like down in the basement shuffling and they move this wall and I get the stuff. I'm like, oh, I guess that means they were up to it the whole time. Yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean, though? Like, it should have been bigger when that moment happened. It should have been bigger. Um, I don't know if this I don't I don't know the vision of these uh, of the directors and writers. I really don't. Because to me, it, like you say, it's just an abrupt reveal and also an abrupt ending. There's yeah. not a whole lot of payoff with it. And that's when uh, we get the dad who uh, gets back to the house and he's greeted by Grace with a gun. She shoots him. Uh, Kids try to get out of town. Giant snowstorm. Car's not going anywhere. And that's where we get the two kids with with, uh, tape over their mouth. And Grace is eventually going to shoot them, I think. If it's a very, like you know, new horror sort of setup, right? Where there's not a lot of, there's not a clear cut good guy and bad guy. There's a lot of moral ambiguity. Um, do you think that served the film? Like, is it, it's a definite choice, right? Like we spend a lot of time with both. I can kind of see where both are coming from. I guess the kids are like way bad, but they're also like kids. You know what I mean? I don't know. Would it have been better if there's like a clear cut good guy? Or, like the kids were just evil or I don't, I don't, more concrete morality. I mean, I would have dug more themes and, like you said, more morality. Like, it's hard for me to think that a young girl who just lost her mother and is sometimes bonding with Grace, it's hard for me to think that she wouldn't slip and say, hey, here's what's going on. You know what I mean? Or Or we need to see, like, more into the planning and, like, Jaden is, like, the provocateur and, like, the little girl Mia is, like, kind of going along with it. You know what I mean? Like, there needs to be at least some differentiation of... Some, because they're on the same level at that point. Also, I mean, like, they they, they did a good job with it, kind of showing moments of uh, the daughter Mia wanting to say something, but she didn't. that's true. But it also... I think it would have served the purpose of the film a little better 
if she was going down to the basement and taking things out little by little to help Grace along the way. That would have been cool. You know, just, you know, if Mia hadn't went and got Grace this, Mia, I meant Grace wouldn't have done this, and then, you know, Aiden wouldn't have reacted this way. It kind of, it, this movie just seems a little and then, and then, and then, and then. That's the way I saw it. Uh, what about the big gross-out moments? Because that's kind of another staple, right, of, of new horror. Like, when she's kneeling on the burning log, did that kind of, like, physical <laughs> horror do anything for you? Um, I thought it was creative. I thought it was, like, a Da Vinci Code. Like, I remember, like, a Da Vinci Code type thing. You know yeah, I mean? it was definitely different. Um, like you said, there is an abundance of, like, Catholicism in this lodge. Yeah. Um, and you can kind of almost think of like, I wouldn't call it Catholic guilt, but almost like punishing herself for her sins. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, that's kind of the way I saw it. It, it was definitely a little eerie. Uh, I thought Riley DeKeo knocked her performance out of the park. She was definitely the strongest part of this whole movie. So anytime she was on screen, she definitely commanded all the attention, which was nice. It's just so, but it's just so cheap that like sometimes she's actually seeing things. I don't know. Sometimes. Yeah. Wh- know. What did you make of that? oblong house in the middle of you know bumfuck nowhere in the in this blizzard where she just went walking the thing of it is is like that house is like the only visual from this movie that i think is like noteworthy or cool it is cool especially because like i think you see her father in there you see her father in there it's got like a really unique shape to it as far as like a structure goes it's very skinny it reminds me of kind of like the big yellow barn in Midsummer, you know yeah, I mean? it's by itself. It's got a, it's got a presence to it, especially with like the dad living in the windows. But that's just like a hallucination. It's not really there. It doesn't really matter. You know, I mean, she just goes back to the house, and I, I don't know. You, you summed up the movie pretty well. It's, it's a very abrupt ending. Uh, the, the the song "Closer to My Lord" to the that keeps coming up in the in the film, and that's what they're singing as they get their mouths taped over. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Did you have any other? Uh, points of discussion or final thoughts you want to touch on um i did like the way the the one thing i liked about this movie a lot um was i could actually picture a visual map of the lodge inside itself really i don't know if i could i could i it's one thing i thought this movie did well was if i take this door through here it's going to take me to here you know we did the movie the collector which shows this giant house but the map is... <laughs> Which makes no sense. You could be in any room and go to any room. You could be in any room, in any soundstage, anywhere. And they, they never did a good job of showing you how the house functioned as like a flow. And I think this movie did a decent... I mean, did a pretty good job of it in my mind. I can actually picture things where things were well. The only thing that bothered me was I thought the look of the attic... The addict was so cool and they did so little with it. Yeah. Really underutilized that space. Really underutilized, underutilized the space. I mean, it had a very eerie look to it. You could almost feel the cold coming through the screen. It looked awesome. And they just did absolutely nothing with it outside of that hanging scene, which I mean, I'm going to go look for that back brace with a hook around somewhere. I don't know. Oh, I'm never going to watch this again. I wish there was like more plotting. You know what I mean? Like I would have been fine. Like, these kids are just straight up bad, like no good. You know what I mean? That, I feel like that would have been more compelling to like kind of flip that little dynamic. What did you think about the use of literally using the movie The Thing and then the movie Jack Frost as well? Like setting the bar pretty high for yourself there, having The Thing in your movie. <laughs> I, 
Why have that in there? I love how he's like, these definitely aren't like American. I think they're German directors, but like, I love how Jack Frost is a piece of our culture that's made its way to Germany, Dude, apparently. Jack Frost is awesome. All right. <laughs> Future spoilers pick. I saw Michael Keaton, Jack Frost in Chicago, and I was like eight, and I thought that was the greatest movie ever made when I was that young. Isn't Jack Frost a lot about the divorce and stuff? The divorced d- parents? No, I think they're together. Oh, never mind then. I thought they were trying to do it's something there. just a there. blues singer trying to get home for his son's hockey game, and the blizzard gets to be too bad, and he gets in a car crash and dies. Well, that's a movie I'd rather be spoiling. Do and his your... spirit travels through snow <laughs> and ends up in a snowman, if I remember correctly, and ends up being Jack Frost. Well, would you just let me wrap this up and stop talking about Jack Frost? Boy, would you give your yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> um, man... So, because of the movie, it takes nods to, I mean, you have The Shining, The Thing, Hereditary. I feel like this movie could have done so much more with plotting and falling back on itself. And the visuals look cool. There's a lot of cool shots. That young girl, Mia, is one hell of an actress. Yeah. Uh, Riley Keough also, who is in my favorite movie of all time, Mad Max Fury Road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Strong acting performances from a few, not one of Jaden Martell's best. I think it's just because of writing. I'm going to give this a soft no. I feel like if you really want to get into the new horror wave or good horror, whatever the hell you want to call it, watch Hereditary, Midsommar. Go back and watch The Thing, which is one of the greatest movies ever made. Like, I don't think this movie has the payoffs. I mean, has the payoffs to warrant watching it. I really don't. It is short. It's only 108 minutes, but... At the end, I just felt very unfulfilled by what I just saw. Yeah, this is a tough one for me. It's kind of like a Schrodinger's cat of a review because if you've listened to this podcast and you haven't seen the movie, then it's honestly a no. Like, there's no point of you seeing it at this point. We've ruined it for you. I was confused during the course of the movie as far as who is the good guy and who is the bad guy. And I think, like, at the end of the day, this, this doesn't hold a candle to something like the better you know, new smart horror movies like the lighthouse is another one that we've spoiled. Oh, I love mentioned. lighthouse. It doesn't hold a candle to those kind of movies. Uh, the studio is neon, which is the same studio that made parasite. So I do like the, the spirit of our tourship. And like I said, a lot of this movie just feels like too much of a tip of the hat, but it's like a very, 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 very average movie. Kind of what all of the scores balance out. And I like, the average movie so i'm gonna give this the softest softest yes like (laughs) i i wasn't mad that i watched it at all i wasn't mad that you uh called for the podcast and 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 we've done the podcast but like like i said if you've if you've listened to this and you haven't seen it don't waste your time this was better than that but go watch hereditary go watch hereditary go watch a better movie go listen to us spoil the spider-man movies that's going to be the next thing that we come out with not just spider-man one sam raimi not just spider-man two sam raimi but spider-man one two and three we're going to get into peter parker emo peter parker dancing so look for those jazz to come peter out. parker jazz peter parker that was stevie who's having a kid just announced on the podcast thank you for listening and this is spoiler man taking us away that was spoilers Spoiler Man here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. 
Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. great episode that was fun that was a good movie to, it's just a good movie to talk about you know what i mean there's a lot to talk 22 about. and a half minutes 20 you know what i mean that's a that's a great length for a podcast like this how long uh it was only 22 and a half minutes i have 35 minutes are you serious yeah what's the first thing you hear oh my god oh did we lose part of I was, it? I don't understand how I would lost, have lost part of it. I got the hijack. It's not the end of the world. You have 35 minutes? Yeah. Did you have, what's the first thing you hear? Is it you laughing, kind of? Uh, well, now this thing's... I got the wheel of death. Hold on. Uh-oh. It's okay. We got the hijack. We got the hijack. But God damn it. You got 35 minutes? Yeah. Where would it have stopped? No idea. Did you did you your full space? Oh, hold on. Maybe it's adding way more that I don't know about. Could be. Because I just got the, the crazy wheel of death right now. Just let it ride. Do you want those golf clubs? Yeah. Um. So you said it'll take 80? Let me see what the... Oh, 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 Tanya, do we want a popcorn maker for $250? <laughs> okay. I don't like know. One of those, <laughs> like one of those ones you get for open houses. Yeah. A big one. Yes. <laughs> okay. It says $12 shipping. That's it. Yeah. No way. Are we going to buy it? Yeah. Let me know how much the total is a quick pay. 96.59. Uh, I'm going to need your address. All right, you ready? Oh, oof. I almost what? put the wrong address in the ship, too. <gasps> three addresses ago. Okay. Recorded audio was lost at the labeled locations. Possible causes. Other applications are competing with, aud- with Audacity for processor time. You are saving directly to slow what? to a slow external storage device. So I have a ton of dropouts. What do I do with dropouts? Uh, what does that mean? Can you export it still or what's happening? Like, I don't dropouts. I, I don't know what dropouts are. So let, let me try to export the whole track and see if it comes up as like a 35 minute. Okay. It's, if not, you want my address? Yeah. If not, it's not the end of the world. Like I said, we, got, we got the hijack. It's easier to edit. My anyway. bad, man. No, it's easier to edit anyway. Uh, Hijack is fun to edit. Yeah. Okay, I'm ready. I mean, Elkhart, Indiana. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. I've been dieting, and today is the first day I've had apple cider in like two months. Oh, no. <laughs> it has beaten the shit out of my stomach. That was spoilers.